Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, hi. Good morning, everyone. Welcome along to Tradies News in a nutshell. It is Wednesday morning. It's the middle of the week. It is the 16th of August, 2023. A very exciting Wednesday for you. Broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney. SENQ 693am in Brisbane and SEN 1620am on the Gold Coast. 1300 01 1170 our open line number as always. You can text 0457 736 736 or before Vossie and Brandy for breakfast for listeners through SEN 1170am in Sydney. Brandy doing an extra day this week. He's that excited about the Matildas and then of course, uh, for people listening in Queensland, it'll be Pat and Dane Zorko this morning after the 6 a.m. news. Big show. Very exciting day. Matilda's Day. Uh, we've got lots of it. You're going to hear it on SEN. Of course, the game tonight. Got a Matildathon as well, which we'll tell you about a bit later on. So, obviously, they dominated by the Matildas. There are some other stories going around, though, of course, with Rugby League. We'll get to them. Matty Cox in Melbourne will join me in about 15 minutes to talk about some of the big sporting issues of the week, both here and also in Melbourne. John Gallo will preview the second semi-final. Did you see the first one? That's Spain-Sweden last night. What an amazing match that was. We'll get to that. Spain, the first team through to the Women's World Cup final to be played on Sunday in Sydney. They'll meet either the Matildas or England at John Gallo to look back at last night's match, but also, uh, well, I'm not going to say more importantly, with equal importance, preview the match tonight between the Matildas and England. He'll join me in about half an hour. But most importantly, want to hear from you on this Wednesday morning, 0457 736 736, 1300 0111 70. Wednesday morning, two past five, Tradies News in a nutshell. The Hot Topic, thanks to Rheem. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Rheem. Yeah, except nothing less than Australia's best and install a Rheem, Australia's favourite hot water. All right, score predictions. Usually do this with Rugby League. But want to know today, a couple of things. Where are you going to be watching the match tonight? Are you lucky enough to have a ticket to the match tonight? Tomorrow morning on the show, we're going to talk. We'll talk a bit of cricket with Paul Dennett, but Paul managed to get a ticket from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast, managed to get a ticket to the game. On Sunday, I think it was, he managed to get a ticket. So we're going to hear all about the experience live at the game tomorrow morning on the show. But if you have managed to get a ticket, what's your levels of excitement? If you haven't got a ticket, like most people haven't, where are you going to be watching the game tonight? Are you going to go to one of the live sites around the country? Are you going to be watching it with friends? Maybe just at home. It is a Wednesday night after all. You're going to be listening to it on SEN, 1300 01 1170, 0457 736 736, and the scoreline. Who's going to win? What is going to be the score in tonight's match? Are the Matildas going to make it through to the final, or will England spoil the party? What do you reckon? 1300 01 1170, or 0457 736 736. As I said last night, just before we get to the rugby league, and we'll talk more about this with John Gallo in about half an hour. But uh, just some uh, amazing game between Spain and Sweden. The first uh, semi-final you know, played in Eden Park in Auckland. It was a little rainy at various times during 
uh, that game. Spain 2, Sweden 1. Uh, it was nil all up until about the 80th minute mark uh, before Spain got the first goal in the 81st minute. Sweden hit back in the 88th minute uh, to make it one all. And then you definitely thought it was going to be going to extra time. And then just about a minute later, Spain get the match-winning goal to win that game 2-1. So Spain, the first team through to the Women's World Cup final on Sunday to be held in Sydney at Stadium Australia. Any thoughts of the game tonight? Where are you going to be watching? What's going to be the scoreline? You confident? Are you nervous? How are you feeling? Early, early time to be nervous. We've still got what, 12, 13, 14, 15 hours until the game. So uh, don't get too nervous just yet. Little way to go. But uh, your thoughts on it? One three hundred oh one eleven seventy or oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. We will get back to the football uh, throughout the show, but let's just check the latest headlines in rugby league as well. And what about this coming out of Canterbury? Uh, late yesterday afternoon, this news got broken that Canterbury prop defeater Pangai Jr. is to retire from the NRL to take up boxing at the end of the season. 27 years old, made a state of origin debut for New South Wales this year and has a season remaining on his contract at the Bulldogs with the move freeing up $750,000 in Canterbury's salary cap space, which is very good for the Bulldogs. It is understood the Bulldogs will pay around $250,000 of Pangai Jr.'s wage to clear him from their salary cap. Uh, so the round 27 clash against the Titans for the Bulldogs on the Gold Coast will be his last game before he shifts to boxing full-time. He texted his teammates with the news on Tuesday afternoon. There has been drama behind the scenes at Belmore in recent weeks regarding his future. It is understood the Bulldogs uh, gave the front row an ultimatum. He either plays league or fights. He couldn't do both. Um, we know he has a close friendship with Sonny Bill Williams and featured on the undercard of his uh, clash with Mark Hunt in November last year. Uh, the Bulldogs were Pangai Jr.'s third NRL club in his eight-year career. He debuted for Brisbane in 2016, but was released midway through the 2021 season before playing six, game, six games for Penrith and then moving to Belmore, he was play, picked for the opening game of State of Origin this year uh, before he was dropped after their New South Wales loss in Adelaide. What do you reckon, uh, Bulldogs fans? Tafita Pangai Jr. leaving the club. Uh, one, year, one year left on his contract. Will play the next few games and then be done and dusted, moving to boxing full-time. I mean, if that's what he wants to do, I don't have a huge issue with it. Do you, are you disappointed, Bulldogs fans? I, I don't know. Look. I know he played Origin, and I know at times he could be very good. But I'm not entirely sure Tavita Pangai Jr. has entirely lived up to the hype that we saw of him um, when he was younger, playing for the Brisbane Broncos. Little disappointing, uh, I think, his career. He played well every now and again, and when he did, did play well, you could see how good he could potentially be. But unfortunately uh, for the Bulldogs, he leaves. But the good news for the Bulldogs, as I said, it does free up about $750,000 worth of salary cap space. So that is good news. So Bulldogs fans, or anyone can have you say on this, $750,000, who do you go and sign um, with $750,000 worth of cash? Now, there might not be anyone on the market now that you want, but Bulldogs fans, who could you sign to replace Tavita Pangai Jr. for $750,000? I tell you, it won't be. It won't be Payne Haas. He was linked strongly to the Bulldogs, but no, he is going to be staying at the Brisbane Broncos. 
in huge news coming out of the Broncos yesterday. Payne Haas has agreed to terms on a $3.5 million contract extension with the Broncos staving off poaching threats from the NRL and Rugby Australia to secure the superstar prop to a new deal. Uh, so Haas dropped a bombshell on the Broncos last month with his management revealing the New South Wales origin enforcer would head to free agency from November 1. But the Broncos have averted Haas going to open market with the 23-year-old agreeing to terms on an upgraded deal on Tuesday afternoon in a massive win for the Broncos and coach Kevin Walters. It is understood uh, Payne Haas has shaken hands on a three-year deal until the end of 2026 as part of a beefed-up deal worth up to $1.2 million a season, making him the highest-paid player in Brisbane's 35-year history. So, well done to the Broncos to keep Payne Haas there, a very important part of their team. There would be others that they'll be wanting to keep, though. Reese Welsh, Pat Carrigan uh, in a long-term deal, so we'll have to see how all that plays out. But Broncos fans, are you happy Payne Haas has remained at your club? Uh, I think good deal for the Brisbane Broncos, clearly a good deal for Payne Haas. Uh, he has indicated and stated his ambition that he wants to win a premiership. And look, as I said the other morning on Monday morning, I think the Broncos uh, are the big challenges at the moment. Still a long way to go, but are the big challenges to the Penrith Panthers and Payne Haas, an integral part to that uh, chance of them winning uh, the competition this year. So well done uh, and for many years to come. So well done to the Broncos uh, for keeping him there. We also have had team list names, some interesting choices, uh, some interesting names are back. We will talk about that as well a little later on in the show. Uh, but most importantly, want to hear from you this morning. How are you feeling about the football tonight? Who's going to win? Where are you going to be watching it? Are you going to be lucky enough to get to the game tonight. 0457 736 736. Bulldogs fans, Tafita Pangai Jr. going. $750,000 freed up in your cap. Who do you sign? Who is your main target for next year and beyond with that free cash? 1300 01 1170 0457 736 736. We will take a break. On the other side of this, we'll cross to Melbourne and have a chat with Matty Cox. It's 10 past 5 Wednesday morning. Tradies News in a nutshell. To Matty Cox in just a second, just talking about the Bulldogs having $750,000 free in their salary cap, asking uh, Bulldogs fans who they would sign. Rugby league fans, NRL fans, any player right now, even if they're off uh, on contract and not ab able to be signed, who would you sign? Who would be your number one signing? If you could pick anyone in the NRL right now, who would you sign for your team? one 1170 Who would be your number one signing for your team, one 1170 It is coming up to quarter past five and time to have a chat with the great Matty Cox in Melbourne. Always looking forward to this great chat with the Matildas coming up tonight. Now on SEN, on SEN it's, it's time, time to, to trade, trade towns. towns. Very good morning to you, part-time. Yeah, thank you, Maddie. That was 10 seconds after we agreed. But that's all right. How are you going, Maddie? I'm very well. Are you excited for the Matildas game tonight? I think you'll find 15 is the time. Uh, oh, 15, 5, 15. 15. Oh, I thought it was 5.15. That's all right. That's oh, okay. Hang on. I might be out of uh, sync <laughs> here in the studio. I think you might be. It's 5.15.44 at the moment on my oh, clock. I've got 15.30. Oh, um, problems, problems. This, this is a, uh, yes, this is very interesting. <laughs> this is very, uh, yes. Great, off, great office conversation <laughs> yes, on air, Dan. I, I thought so. I thought well, so. How are you, Matty? Well, it might be because it's so 
cold down here in oh, Melbourne. I was going to oh. use an expletive then and remember there was a microphone in front of me, but it is freezing down here this morning. Is it ha- well, ha- okay, okay. H- how cold, just before we get into the sport, how cold is it? How cold is it? Uh, well, it's registering on the Bureau is uh, three to yeah, Thank you very much. Mm. Three degrees at the moment. 2.8 if we want to be specific. Uh, Zero did register on the dashboard coming in, though. Tough times, Matty. Tough times. Do you think you'll get through it? Nice to see you found a button bar up there as well. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. That's enough of that. Uh, Matildas, how exciting (laughs) is it tonight? Uh, And um, Actually, I want to ask you firstly about Saturday. Um, We'll look ahead to tonight in a bit, but... Saturday, uh, I was out, and I know this was happened all around Australia. I was at the Rugby League at Allianz Stadium at the Sydney Football Stadium, and the game, the Rugby League game, kicked off just as the football was going into penalties, and it was quite amazing. And I told this story on Monday morning, but the when the penalty goal was kicked to win uh, that game for Australia, it was just after the Dolphins, who were the away team against the Roosters, scored a try. Um, at Allianz Stadium. There's about 13,000 people there, the vast majority of them Roosters fans. And it's, I think, the one and only time that the whole crowd basically went up when the opposition scored because everyone was watching it on their phones, everyone watching it out the back. It was just quite an amazing night. It was. Uh, for us down here, we had it on at the big screen at the MCG. Mm. I think that made news up in your neck of the woods uh, late last week with the, the negotiations to be able to get that. But it was only the regular time. Once we hit extra time mm-hmm. in that match, it was switched off, which created a whole host of boos yes. and uh, an, an interesting feel around the ground because everyone was then distracted. Our match got underway about half an hour prior to yours. Mm-hmm. And it, it just created a, a different a different atmosphere from all the reports and accounts from those that were there on the weekend. And even listening, we had Stephen May on uh, breakfast yesterday morning, mm. uh, the Melbourne defender, and he was with his opponent, Charlie Curnow, in uh, one of the goal squares at the MCG on Saturday night. And they could hear this this murmur and occasionally a cheer, and they're standing out on the field going, I wonder what's going on. I wonder who's in front, what's, mm. ha- what's happening. And it's just a, a fascinating... A fascinating occasion mm. and to be living amongst it. And then, as you said, from your perspective, mine was kind of different. I was at home on the couch watching mm. it unfold, but I was enthralled. I was jumping off the yeah. couch. The, the tension, the, the shock of a miss or, or an opportunity that went begging. It was, I, I, I describe it as this, Dan. I've been an observer of the round ball game. I haven't necessarily been engaged by it previously Mm. over the course of this world cup that that has risen and i'm i'm absorbed by it now to the point like last night's semi-final yes i would have taken an interest in it because of work but i actually sat down to watch it for an entertainment purpose and that and that has been the story of this world cup yeah it's just it's captured our imagination. It's captured our hearts from a Matilda's perspective. And the, uh, I'll tell you what, the nerves heading towards tonight mm. because, because the reward on offer to, to play in a final of your home world cup would mean so much, mm. so much to those players. And I think so much for this country as well. Yeah, I, I think it would. It's amazing that they've got this far and whatever happens tonight, they've done an amazing job, but, God, it would be good to be in the final on Sunday to just have a few more days of 
this feeling that the country has had since Saturday night. Um, and you've seen the build-up to the game tonight against England. You just imagine the build-up to the game on Sunday night. If it were to happen, look, long way to go. We'll have to see what happens. England aren't going to be easy. They're the reigning European champions from last year. So we know they're going to be tough. But look, Australia, I thought in that game, just before we move on to other topics, I actually thought in that game, and look, I'm no expert, but I watch a lot of uh, football, soccer, mainly Premier League. They Once that, that first 15, 20 minutes, once that passed, Australia had most of the chances, which I think, uh, even though they couldn't convert any of them in re- in regulation time, that should give them some a lot of confidence, enormous confidence heading into this match. Yeah, the query, the query for me lays in that the, well, I suppose, the, the regular time, late in regular time, mm. they did start to look a little tired. Yes. Which concerns, and we, we've heard about how much game time most of those players have experienced over the course of the World Cup and and the lack of reliance on using substitutes. So that's just a little a little concern of how they're managing this group, the Sam Kerr mm. factor as well. It, it's it's fascinating. What's what's the build up been like in Sydney? Because this is going to be the epicenter now, not only for the semi final tonight, but also for the final on Sunday. It's fair to suggest that the mood and attitude towards the World Cup would be slightly elevated compared to what it is around the rest of the country. Yeah, look, it was amazing on Saturday night and tonight. Clearly going to be even bigger. 75, 80,000 fans at Stadium Australia. There are so many live sites around Sydney. Uh, they've also decided to open Allianz Stadium, Combank Stadium as well uh, for free. So people can just go in, watch the game. There'll be food and drinks there if you uh, want them. And uh, I saw on the news, I don't know if it was last night or the night before, but the amount of live sites, I think there must be at least 20 plus live sites around the place. And then that's not including pubs, clubs, uh, RSLs, those places as well, uh, that will be full of people as well. I, I reckon generally on a Wednesday night, and look, I'm no expert, Matty, but maybe take Origin out of it. Uh, generally on a Wednesday night, it's not a big night for people to be going out, but I think every place you go to in Sydney, well, maybe not every place, but most places you go to in Sydney tonight are going to be absolutely packed at 8 p.m. Everyone will be watching the football tonight. And I think as the day continues as well, um, obviously very early at the moment, I think, and I'm sure it will happen uh, there as well, is you're going to see a lot of people wearing Australian scarf, Matilda's jerseys, the like. Uh, the build-up today is going to be magnificent. And I think the atmosphere around Sydney, around this country, come 8 o'clock tonight, is just going to be amazing. And, of course, if you can't get to it, you can listen to it right here Mm. on SEN throughout uh, the course of the evening. Now, to change tack, Mm. uh, you've had a couple of interesting developments over the the course of the last seven days when it comes to the NRL landscape. This, This animosity between the NRL Players Association and League HQ, it's... Well, has it been resolved? Because they've got a deal struck, a new bargaining agreement for the players, but is it all happy families now? Yeah, well, it is an in-principle agreement. I think this happened last Wednesday, I'm pretty sure. It might have been, like, might have been last Thursday, actually, just before uh, the round started. And, look, hopefully it's all done and dusted. It hasn't been 100% signed off on yet. So until that time, I suppose you always have a slight question mark. But, look, from all reports, both sides are very happy with it, both the RLPA and the NRL. And I think most rugby league fans just happy that it's going to be done. Hopefully that doesn't change. Uh, it has been... 
a bit of a distraction over the past almost two years now. And I, look, the other thing, Maddie, is you didn't want it to be a distraction heading into the finals. And then you didn't want it to continue after the finals because, uh, as you know, all last summer, and we've spoken about this, all last summer, all the rugby league news was basically about this. So that won't be a distraction over this year's off-season. We can focus on whatever else is happening uh, in terms of maybe signings and stuff like that once the rugby league season ends. But everyone seems happy. The players back talking to the media before post and um, post game halftime as well. They're in the uh, post-match press conferences. They've been doing media all week. No logos covered up. So thankfully, finally, an end to this ongoing war. And uh, hopefully we never see anything like this again because we never want to hear about the word strike in any sport. And thankfully, it hasn't seemed to reach that stage and this deal uh, has been done. No, but it does seem as though there there is a bit of heartburn between these two mm. organisations. It doesn't feel as if everything's hunky-dory and they can all move off into the, the sunset. That's the impression that I'm getting, is that there was, there was a hell of a lot of water that needed to go through the bridge, and it feels like some of it went over the, went over the top. Yes, and I suppose without being in the room, Matty, you don't know exactly what happened. I'm sure both parties would have had to negotiate a bit and both parties probably didn't get exactly what they wanted, but I suppose that's not a bad thing. Um, but, yeah, and, and it was quite, quite amazing as well because uh, the talks only lasted a couple of days. Now, I'm sure it probably would have been all day, those two days, so it wouldn't have just been an hour there, an hour here, but... Considering how long this has been dragging on for, the fact that they managed to get it done seemingly within a couple of days, I think is really good news as well. So, look, I'm sure both parties had to waver a bit on what they both wanted. But at the end of the day, as long as it's a good thing for the game and for the players and also for the fans, but clearly most importantly for the players, then I don't think anyone is going to be overly disappointed. And it now lets us focus on our final three weeks of the regular season, which we've still got 10 or 11 teams competing for that top eight, uh, those top eight positions and then into the finals. I think that can only be a good thing. So does that mean there wasn't necessarily one sticking point? Does it, there was a whole range of issues because for it to have been dealt with so quickly, just the, the impression that I'm getting is that it wasn't necessarily one big item that stood in the way of, of blocking the deal. I think there were several things. Um, a lot of it wasn't about pay. That seems to that seemed to have been sorted a while ago. I think there are several little things. Look, as I've mentioned a few times, the RLPA website had about 50, 60, maybe even more dot points and questions on their website explaining what the players were wanting and why they were taking the action that they were taking. So clearly there had to be a lot of things to go through in the room. Now, uh, some of them probably big, some of them not as big. Um, and as I said, we'll never quite know. Uh, we know exactly, we went through uh, the other day what they've agreed upon, but we'll never quite know how they came to these sorts of agreements and what happened. But um, yeah, look, I, I think, uh, and to be honest, I think, look, I don't know from the RLPA side of things, I'm sure they were feeling the same as the NRL and the ARLC, is that they couldn't let this drag on. Um, Peter Volandi's basically uh, said to um, the RLPA, let's have another chat. They agreed to it. Um, and they've come to an agreement. However, I would like to just wait till it's completely ticked off on. I know an in-principle agreement is all well and good, but until it's totally ticked off on, you don't know uh, what could happen. But let's hope we don't have to talk about this ever again. Yes, well, at least for another three or four years. Yes, however long correct. The agreement yes. Runs yes. We'll be here, Matty. 
as as we've seen, there yeah. are twists and turns in this mm. negotiation. Yes. So maybe it isn't the end, unfortunately, no. for you, Dan. Hopefully but not. What, what it has seemingly opened the door to is the NRL's push to start next year mm. in the States. Has mm. that also been confirmed in the last week? Yeah, all been ticked off. And it's actually a five-year plan, Matty. So it's going to be happening over the next five years. Um, and it was announced on Friday, I think it was, the four teams that will be going. So it'll be the Manly Seagulls, the South Sydney Rabbitohs, the Brisbane Broncos and the Sydney Roosters. Now, when it comes to the Manly Seagulls and the South Sydney Rabbitohs, clearly there are reasons uh, there with Russell Crowe having a strong connection to South Sydney. So very good with promotion. Hugh Jackman, very big Manly fan, obviously very big in the United States as well. The Broncos and the Roosters, not so much with the connections, but obviously very powerful clubs. We know the Broncos are playing great football this year, uh, sitting second on the ladder. The Roosters haven't had their greatest year, but still a pretty powerhouse club in the NRL and uh, would be able to probably maybe, I don't know if they'll, if the clubs have to spend any money on promoting the game, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how that all works out. So I, I understand those four clubs. And I suppose the other thing about it, Matty, as well, is that there were, I think there were seven clubs that didn't want to go this year or next year. So there was only a choice of 10 clubs. They've come out and said, look, it seems that every club will get a go over the next five years if they want it. I mean, I think there will be some clubs that probably don't want to do it because it is a long way. But the way they're going to schedule it uh, from what they have said is that, we get to what they call uh, round zero now, uh, which will be the first weekend of March where those four teams will play. So uh, South Sydney will play Manly. The Broncos will play the Roosters. They will then have the weekend off in round one whilst the remainder of the teams play round one and then they'll play again in round two. So it's not too bad. They're going to play on the Saturday our time, which means they'd have at least 12 or 13 days off to get back to Australia, get back to Australian time. Uh, look, what, what it achieves in the United States, what it achieves having these games in Vegas, whether it opens up anything for the American market remains to be seen. But my point in it is I don't see the issue with them trying it. I don't think we really lose too much. Um, and we'll just see how it goes. It, I, I don't think it can hurt. In theory, it can't hurt. No, and it's curious that they've initiated a five-year plan. Mm. That was going to be my question. Is it going to be a a one-year boom and bust, or is it going to be a long-term strategy? But from what you've just said, it's for the long term. No, five-year plan, and I think that's a good idea. And we'll just see. Look, I, I, no doubt, just before we get to a couple of things I want to talk to you about, no doubt um, there will be people from Sydney, Brisbane, all around Australia flying over there for it. I'm sure there'll be some expats at the games as well. What they'll be wanting, they'll be wanting them, clearly, but they'll also want to be able to target that market that is the American market that will turn up and have a look. They're tr uh, planning to make it a big week, not just those two games. So, look, I, I think it's a good idea, and we'll have to see what happens. Now, before we go, I want to ask you about Damien Hardwick, Matty. It seems that he's going to be coaching the Gold Coast Suns, and it's really interesting from a point of view here in Sydney and in Brisbane and divided people when he left Richmond, what was it, two or three months ago, I know Vossi, uh, one half of Vossi and Brandy here, was basically saying that he left Richmond halfway through the season. Um, and there are, you explained to me at the time, what happened there. What's sort of the view from Richmond fans now? They're looking at this, that he left, and now it looks like he's going to end up at the Gold Coast Suns only a few months later. I don't think there's a great deal of heartache that's being mm. expressed from Tigers supporters. I think they're grateful for the service 
that Damien Hardwick provided throughout the, the term as senior coach. And mm. I think there was a general sense that at some stage that this point was going to come. It probably came sooner than a lot anticipated. But overall, the sentiment seems to be from the, the passionate Tigers fan base down at Punt Road that, that they're okay with it. So there's no hard feelings for Dimmer pursuing an opportunity so close to the departure from, from the Richmond Footy Club. So there's no real issue for that. And it it's, it's set off a chain reaction for Richmond. Yesterday it was announced that Jack Rewalt, um, one of their big-name forwards, in fact, there's probably no bigger name forward mm. over the course of their successful era, announced that he would be retiring he'll have a farewell game this weekend and that's alongside Trent Cotchen who was the the captain under Hardwick or for a majority of the period under Hardwick and and of those three premierships that they won late last decade so it's it's gone from a transitional phase which we probably entered the start of the year with Richmond they brought those Two players from GWS in, in Tim Taranto and Jacob Hopper, it was seen as sort of starting to manoeuvre back towards success. It feels as though it's gone from that to a period now of change. Mm. We're, we're starting the process to appoint a new coach at Richmond. The legends are now starting to move on. There's a question regarding their CEO, whether he'll stay for the long term because he's getting offers from headquarters about potential roles there, the new Tassie team as well about heading that up. So it's an interesting sphere at Richmond. But to answer your question, it was floated when the the news circulated that Gold Coast were going to be offering Dimmer a a five-year deal. Mm. It was floated about whether or not it was a slap in the face to Richmond supporters, but a majority on our talkback and off our text line mm. was that, no, it's not. They're thankful okay. for the service and it's a, they're okay with it. That's That seems to be the overwhelming sentiment. I don't obviously want to speak for everyone, but that seemed to be the overwhelming sentiment. And that's kind of the impression we got uh, from here as well. It's just interesting to the difference between probably someone like you who are completely 100% across the story and it's uh, you watch this stuff week in, week out, day after day whereas here in Sydney we don't we sort of get there most people just get sort of their headlines but uh, look good luck to him at the Gold Coast Suns hopefully uh, he can do good things for them all right Maddie I'm going to put you on the spot uh, who wins tonight what's going to be the score line well, well do you really want me to answer that question because usually when these sorts of things mm. come up I moz them uh, so I'm trying to refrain this morning okay. from all right getting mm. too excited to mm. one but I think uh, <laughs> I think I just better take a step back. That's, right. uh, what about you, Dan? Are you prepared to to put yourself on the line? Uh, uh, I'm uh, yeah, I'm a bit like you. I, d- I don't want to uh, look. I hope Australia win. Uh, I was going sort of. I actually thought maybe two one would be good. And it, to be honest, for people who get up at this time of the morning. In regulation, uh, penalties was great. It was fantastic. It was nerve-wracking. It was fantastic. Regulation time would be good. Australia win comfortably would be nice. Uh, and then we can all go to bed at about 10 p.m. Celebrating and looking forward to Sunday. How does that sound? Yes. Yeah, mm. I, I'd like that as well. Good. I thought I'd you like would. that as well. I thought you would. I thought you would. <laughs> uh, looking forward to chatting again next week, Maddie. Of course, only two weeks left in the AFL as well before the finals. Yes, and there'll be plenty to wash up from the weekend mm. sporting action as well. Good on you, Dan. Enjoy the week. Thank you, Maddie. We'll speak next week.
Maddie Cox in Melbourne. 0457 736 736 or 1300 0111 70. We'll take a break, then preview the game tonight with John Gallo. It is 24 to 6. 1300 0111 70 0457 736 736. Interesting to see for the Roosters uh, team list uh, Tuesday. Yesterday, Sam Walker named his 18th man. Drew Hutchison in the team. Angus Crichton back. We were talking about it yesterday. Does Sam Walker get on the field? Must win game against the Eels. The Eels without Mitch Moses. Uh, very interesting indeed. The Dolphins, uh, they've been hit hard with injuries as well. Very different team they've named uh, for the game coming up this weekend against the Tigers. Huge chance for the Tigers to get a win. Uh, Bulldogs, no Davida Pangai Jr. $750,000 left in their cap space now without Davida Pangai Jr. Asking if there's one player, uh, whether they're on the market or not, that you would sign for your club right now, who would it be? Who's the one NRL player you would love to see at your club? This uh, for next year. It does, don't, might not happen. It probably won't happen. But who would be the one player you would love to sign? And where are you going to be watching the game tonight? Who's going to win? What's your prediction? Yeovil Truman says, Hi, Dan. Having to get up at four tomorrow morning. Yes, know the feeling. Uh, even slightly earlier. We'll be watching at home. Hopefully seeing the Matildas win 2-0. Well, this next man will tell us if you are right. Now on Tradies News, it's time for the latest in football. Well, I don't know if he'll be able to tell you if you're right because he's not a fortune teller. But anyway, John Gallo, good morning to you. Yes, good morning to you, Dan. And uh, look, I, I didn't—I forgot to tell you this, but mm. I am sitting on my balcony ah. for the first time in oh. probably what's been over, just over a month now mm. uh, since my uh, sister-in-law moved in. And now she's moved out back to Poland and I am now sitting on the balcony here overlooking Newcastle Harbour mm. as always. And uh, it's great to be back to my little spot here, Dan. So uh, very thrilled to be here. Serious question. Uh, that's very exciting. I, I think I need to take a trip up to Newcastle soon. We, we've heard a lot about, I know you split your time between Sydney and Newcastle. And, of course, uh, Sydney is Allianz Stadium, Combank Stadium open tonight. And about a 1,000 live sites. Anything happening in Newcastle for it? Surely there would be something. I know there'll be pubs and stuff. Any live sites that you know of? Uh, not know of, to be honest, um, but I haven't gone looking, so <laughs> I, I suppose <laughs> I suppose I suppose there could be there could be a live site somewhere. I mean, it is Newcastle, and you know there's there's many sites here, but yeah, I, mm. I suppose there could be. I wouldn't be surprised somewhere further up the harbour, somewhere you know maybe Fort Scratchley or some historical site there that there possibly could be a live site up there and uh, and cheering on the Matildas. I'm sure the whole world. And the whole of Australia is something to have their eyes glued on come 8 p.m. tonight, Dan. I'll see if I could find out for you. At the moment, there's, uh, I just Googled Newcastle Life Sites and it's going through about a 1,000 different pubs, including one in Hamilton that uh, reminds me of something. Anyway, uh, we're getting distracted. Now, uh, last night, before, just uh, just really quickly, before we get to uh, the Australia game tonight, Spain 2, Sweden 1, nil all after 80 minutes, then... Three goals in 10 minutes. You thought Sweden, when they got it back to one all, it was destined for extra time. But then Spain, about 60 seconds later, they're the first team, scored a goal and they're the first team through to the final. Yeah, well, it was a, it was a very, very tight, tense game. And uh, really up to that 80th minute mark, really at the back end of the game, as you mentioned, when all of a sudden the, the, the floodgates opened up and we had a, a goal fest all of a sudden on our hands and uh, the game swayed from either end. I mean, obviously Spain scored the opening goal to make it 1-0 uh, and then shortly after, probably about seven or eight minutes later than that, Sweden equalised. We thought we were going to go to extra time and possibly penalties on, on, on hold, but uh, then obviously Spain 
grabbed a 2-1 and uh, Olga Kamona, the, the, the hit outside the 18-yard box. If you haven't had a chance to look back at the goal, go and have a look at it. It was a phenomenal strike on goal. Just caught the Swedish keeper a little bit off the line and clipped the underside of the crossbar and went into the goal. And it was a phenomenal strike, mm. particularly at a World Cup semi-final. Uh, I have to say, Spain, no real surprises with the way they played their football. They were very attackive, very possession-orientated, had something like over 63% possession to Sweden's 35%. Um, so very, very dominant with the ball, 12 shots on goal. Um, so, you know, a really attacking display by the Spanish. But, you know, you expect that at this level. And uh, with the Swedes, they, they try their best trying to play some counter-attacking football, which at times mm. did work. Uh, but I think they up front probably just lacked a little bit of execution and really didn't trouble the, the Spanish back four all that much. They're not a very quick team up front, the Swedes. Uh, so they didn't really get the uh, the Spanish back four worried too much throughout the game. But a great contest, a great fight, a great World Cup for, for Sweden. Unfortunately for them, it's another World Cup semi-final, which they bow out to. So that will be a bit of pill to swallow for the Swedes as they fly back home. But for the Spaniards, mm. I said along with Japan in this tournament, I think Spain would be the real team to beat in the World Cup, mm. just the way they've prepared for this World Cup and also the way they play their football. Uh, very similar to the men's. They've got a very similar mm. philosophy right across the ball, which is this philosophy about possession. So uh, it will be uh, an interesting World Cup final, no matter who they play, whether it be the yeah. Matildas or England. But let's hope the Matildas are going through tonight, Dan. All right. Yeah, tonight, Stadium Australia, 8 o'clock. You'll hear it on SEN, of course. Uh, there'll be a lot of people uh, listing, a lot of people watching, millions, you'd think, watch. How does, that un- how does it unfold? Does Sam Kerr start and who wins? Yeah, look, this is a big one. Um, and, and the problem with that, with Sam Kerr in this, in this context of playing, is, number one, she hasn't had a lot of minutes in her legs in this current World Cup. And that's the issue with starting Sam Kerr. You could start her and then find five, ten minutes later that she's got that niggle back in her, in her uh, calf again and then suddenly has to be replaced early on, which means you're down a substitution already. So that's the risk of starting her. Obviously, mm. the benefit is she lights up the side when she's in the squad. But, you know, if anyone knows the way that Sam plays, it will be the England team. Obviously, she, she applies her trade in Chelsea in the Women's Premier League. So there's going to be some teammates that will uh, no doubt have some tactics to try and stop Sam Kerr early on. I think the way that Haley Russell and Mary Fowler have been playing so far in this tournament, I think you've got to stick with what you've, what's got you there in the first place. I wouldn't mind seeing Sam Kerr maybe injected into the game at halftime, depending on the scoreline again. I think that's probably a safer way to play. Um, but we'll wait and see. Obviously, Tony Gustafsson, he really admires Sam Kerr. She has a big influence into the team. So I think there's a fair chance she might start, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. But I think Matilda's got a great chance tonight. I mean, we've got Harley Russo, Mary Fowler playing really, really well. Um, I think that, that midfield of Gorry, Courtney Cross, Van Egmont again, uh, there's a lot of pace, a lot of attack to, to us going forward. We've just got to make sure that we execute some of those chances that we missed against France uh, in the quarterfinals. Mm. So it's a big one, but it's also about how you handle the nerves in this situation. England will be a difficult team. There's no doubt about it. that midfield battle in there. It's going to be the big one. Obviously, you've got Kieran Walsh and Georgina staying away in that midfield. That's going to be where the game will be won and lost, I feel. Uh, so, for Matilda's got to get on the ball early, got to attack early, but got to keep that back door closed defensively because the England attack is almighty good. So, uh, yeah, it'll be a big game tonight. And, of course, England, the current European champions. All right, uh, Matilda's, are we going to be talking them about them playing in the final on Sunday? Well... I think we can. I think we can get the, the job done. Um, mm. It is going to you know, be a big team effort, both ends of the ball, defensively and in attack. 
But I just think those players, like I mentioned, Russo, Fowler in there playing really well, Caitlin Ford, that midfield of Gorry and, and Cuny Cross, as well as Van Egmont. I think there's so much talent going forward for the Matildas. That back four with Claire Hunt, Alana Kennedy and Steph Catley out on the left um, have been doing a fantastic job as well defensively so far this tournament. So I just think... I think the Matildas can get over. It'll be close. I think it'll be 1-0, but I think Matildas can get the job done. All right. Okay. Let's hope so. Don't forget, by the way, uh, SEN uh, Fanatic, uh, and you can get it on the app, having a Matilda-thon today. All the games that we've covered from the Matildas uh, tournament so far, beginning from 8 a.m. this morning, and, of course, live coverage right across the SEN network from 7 p.m. tonight, live from Stadium Australia. Exciting night. The whole country basically we are watching. Cannot wait for it, John. We'll chat tomorrow morning, and let's hope we're talking about a Matilda, uh, Matilda's victory. Yeah, obviously, hopefully Johnny Bairstow doesn't want the Rossi. That's a big part as well. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah, obviously, we'll talk about Matilda's getting the win. John, thank you. We'll speak in 24 hours. We will see what happens. Can't wait for it. Don't forget, SCN coverage tonight from 7 p.m. one 736 It's 11 to 6. It is six and a half to six one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Our open line number you can text oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Yeah, it is hard to think of for, for a while anyway. And I know we have state of origin, uh, grand finals, Anzac Day every year. They're always all very exciting. Uh, it's hard to think of a bigger night in Australian sport for quite some time. Maybe Ash Barty, when she won the Australian Open final, what, 18 or so months ago, going to be very interesting. We will recap it all tomorrow morning on the show. John will join me again. Paul Dennett will join me, as I say, from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. We will talk about uh, some cricket with Paul Dennett tomorrow morning as uh, well. Pat Cummins has uh, come out and said he'll be okay, should be okay for the upcoming one-day uh, series. Uh, but he has had a few things to say about the future of his captaincy after the World Cup coming up. So we'll have a chat with Paul Dennett about that tomorrow morning. But Paul is also going to the game tonight. So uh, be a bit of a football chat as well. So looking forward to having a chat with Paul and John tomorrow on the show. Host of Team Changes as well for Team List Tuesday. Some really intriguing uh, names, no doubt the breakfast shows will cover all of that coming up after 6 o'clock uh, on uh, SCN 1170 and then uh, through Queensland as well. Don't forget, SCN will have coverage tonight from 7pm from Stadium Australia of the Matildas game against England. Spain already making th uh, through, making it through to the final, winning 2-1 against Sweden in a thrilling game last night. Three goals in the last 10 minutes. Coming up on a Breakfast in Queensland with Pat and Dane Zorko, Mark Bostage, Scott Drinkwater, Luke Hodge will be their special guests amongst their special guests. For listeners through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney with Vossi and Brandy. Joining them will be the Prime Minister of Australia, Anthony Albanese. Craig Foster from Stan Sport will preview the game tonight. And, of course, the regulars, Michelle Bishop and David Arricchio and plenty of your texts and calls as well. Enjoy the game tonight wherever you are going to be watching or listening. Let's hope in 24 hours we'll be talking about a Matilda's victory. Breakfast coming up after the news. Have a great Wednesday. I'll see you tomorrow morning from 5 a.m.